first of all, understanding, you know, the current landscape of what our healthcare looks like um, for individuals who aren't necessarily in healthcare, wanting to seek advice, wanting to seek treatment. At the moment, yes, we pride ourselves in, you know, the fact that our NHS is so diverse, but this is something that I always mention. The diversity isn't across the board. It's not at the top where, you know, you have individuals that are supposed to make important decisions that will stop some of the sad things that we hear continuing. Hello everyone, hope you're doing well, hope you're looking after yourselves, hope you are enjoying the weather. At uh, this moment of time we're recording, it's in September and it's very cold, uh, so yeah, it's uh, we're wrapping up warm, that's why I'm in a jumper today. Um, but yeah, I guess we first want to start off by saying things, uh, we want to say, you know, congratulations and welcome to season five pick up the mic uh you know it's crazy to think that we're, we're on our fifth season already but as uh, we always say we've got amazing guest speakers and amazing topics for you for this season uh, and what better way to start than with our guest speaker today but as i uh, keep on mentioning we don't i don't like to personally you know give read off the description about the person because <laughs> i will never do the person justice i won't be as authentic as the individual themselves so i'm gonna hand over to our guest speaker today um could you please introduce yourself and let us our audience know a bit more about you Sure. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Jeffrey. My name is Dr. Khadija Uwusu. I am currently a junior doctor practicing in the UK. Um, but aside that, I am a sister. I'm the eldest of three. I'm also a daughter, amongst many other sort of names or titles. Um, but I also do quite a bit of work outside of that. that Generally, I'm actually quite bad at introducing myself in person, to be honest. So in my head, I was thinking, oh my gosh, just read it out. <laughs> um, but where do I begin? So I am the founder of the Like Her Project in Ghana. Um, I'm also one of the founding members and the director of programs for Melanin Medics, which is a UK charity here. I also serve as um, a board member for the Equality and Diversity Panel at my old secondary school, Elizabeth Garrett Anderson. Um, school, as well as a ch trustee and an ambassador for a few other international organizations. But amongst those hats that I wear, I'm also a speaker, um, an international as well as TEDx speaker. Thank you very much for that uh, that amazing introduction. And I'm sure our audience uh, can, can already guess from the, the many titles that you said you hold, uh, this is going to be a very interesting and a very amazing episode. So we're going to kick things off with our first official question. And essentially, we would like to know what inspired you to become a doctor? Was this always a part of your, your dream? Was this your passion? Or was this something that sort of developed after time? Yeah, so what inspired me to become a doctor? I think several factors but it's always been something that I've always wanted to do um, from since I was very young um, growing up I had I have a younger brother called um, who has sickle cell and so you know sickle cell it's hereditary blood disorder that predominantly affects our communities um, being African and Caribbeans and so with a condition like that, whereby you're constantly in and out of hospital having a family member um, with the condition and going in and out, seeing how the healthcare professionals were looking after him and sort of taking care of us as well as a family. I thought this is the kind of impact that I want to have on other lives um, when I do become a doctor. 
So aside that, even going through school, I just loved science and maths. I loved communicating. I loved sort of taking on a bit of the leadership roles. And I just thought, okay, if I combine all these skills together and, you know, that underlying reason, then becoming a doctor is definitely something that I want to do. So it's not the typical, you know, African parents pressured you. (laughs) No, it's genuinely something that I wanted to do. And I think that's that's something that, you know, through both, uh, you know, just speaking then, but also, you know, reading up on the the amazing things that you've done and the, you know, uh, speeches that you've done. And, you know, like I said, the reading through your speaker page, it's very evident that, you know, this passion has always been there. And you, you've been very passionate about, you know, essentially, not only, I guess, the healthcare side of things of, you know, administering care to others, but also, uh, you know, like the title of, the, of this episode is, you know, empowering and inspiring individuals, which I think is is something that, you know, young people today i would say you know i mean young people have probably always needed it but especially with everything that's happened in the last two years even you know this year alone um it's something that young people always need they always need individuals and organizations who go out of their way to empower them and you know ensure that representation is is there and yeah no thank you thank you very much for that um and it's, like I said, it's very interesting to to know a bit more about your 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 journey into becoming a doctor um but we're now going to go on to the next question. Uh, now, this question is all about, you know, your, the in, in, like we mentioned before about, you know, inspiring individuals. You know, I just wanted to ask, why is it important to inspire, uh, inspire aspiring medics, particularly those from uh, black or ethnic minority backgrounds? Now, that's um, a really good question. I think, first of all, understanding, you know, the current landscape of what our healthcare looks like. Um, for individuals who aren't necessarily in healthcare wanting to seek advice, wanting to seek treatment. At the moment, yes, we pride ourselves in, you know, the fact that our NHS is so diverse, but this is something that I always mention. The diversity isn't across the board. It's not at the top where, you know, you have individuals that are supposed to make important decisions that will stop some of the sad things that we hear continuing um, to happen, for example, you know, I'm sure you've heard of maternal mortality. Black women are more likely to die with how if you're black, you're more likely to die with COVID-19. Um, and so looking at the top is not that diverse. And also when you look amongst the medical workforce, it's also not diverse. And so when young individuals like myself, because I used to be, I used to be in their position once. From lower socioeconomic backgrounds, lower socioeconomic homes, African and Caribbean backgrounds, um, going to state schools, when you are in in environments whereby no one around you doesn't really necessarily aspire to become a doctor or nobody, or you just think that, okay, yeah, because of the colour of your skin, that's something that you shouldn't even think about venturing into, or because of the fact that the teachers around you are sort of discouraging you from wanting to pursue some of those dreams and I'm sure some of the listeners or even maybe yourself you have everyone has that one teacher that's like yeah no you can't do it um and so uh with that being said pairing the fact that you know students have these sort of environmental factors as well as this is what healthcare looks like there's obviously a gap that we need to make sure we fix and bridge and that's where inspiring and empowering aspiring medics from those particular environments showing that there are people that look like you who share the same background who have overcome these odds um 
as to what people used to say in regards to them not making it, who are actually medical students, who are actually doctors saving lives. And so if I can do it, then you can definitely do it as well. And we definitely need to need to make sure that what we went through, you don't go through the same. We need to ease that process for you. So true. And I think it's it's important to know, like you said, that essentially, you know, that's what that's what life ideally should be about mm-hmm. is, you know, individuals go through certain experiences, uh, whether this is something that, you know, it's systemic, whether it's something that, you know, unseen like COVID. Uh, and it's all about, you know, looking back and saying, OK, you know, I went through this and this was tough or, you know, I went through this and this disadvantaged me. How can I ensure that individuals after me will never have to go through that same thing and that's yeah. you know how we see uh you know businesses start up that's how we see charities or projects mm-hmm. that help to to you know work in communities or address you know a niche area though that's essentially what they do you know they identify these these regions or these you know experiences and say hey look you know how can we ensure that individuals don't have to go through that again right. um and i think it's really interesting that you mentioned you know black maternal health uh because that sort of links into what my uh, uh as our, our listeners may know our mm-hmm. mc uh not into the month uh got a bit got a bit ahead of myself there uh, our, our mic check where we you know put some important uh facts and figures that relate to today's ep- uh, to episode and for today's episode um you know we've got this uh interesting report that was done by uh, embrace uh, mm. and it's essentially talking about uh and i'm sure you you must have heard of this uh you know talking about the disparities in maternal mortality rates between women from black and asian uh, ethnic groups compared with white women and it was saying that Black and uh, Asian women, uh, particularly black women, sorry, uh, let me start off with black women, uh, mm. their maternal mortality rates are four times higher than their white counterparts. And for mixed yeah. race women or people of mixed uh, ethnicity, uh, it's two times higher and it's almost twice as high for Asian women. Uh, and, you know, there are organizations like, uh, for example, Birthrights, and we were lucky enough, uh, you know, in our previous season uh, to have someone from Birthrights on to, you know, discuss this in more detail. But it's so true. But, you know, you need, you need to inspire these individuals uh, to show that, you know, whether they, they went through these experiences themselves, whether they went through, you know, they know a relative or a family friend uh, who went through that, um, whether it's something that, you know, didn't happen to them, but they, they heard that happened. Um, it's very important to, to allow individuals to be empowered and to inspire them so they can help to you know whether it's coming up with effective solutions or you know better reporting or things like that to ensure that communities and individuals but especially those from you know black and minority ethnic backgrounds um are essentially empowered uh but also supported and uh you know kept safe definitely Um, even with the fact that you mentioned to come up with effective solutions in order to sort of get rid of these um statistics I'm sure I'm going through the report. I'm sure you came across the part where they mentioned they're not really looking to do anything about it. Um, They acknowledge that this statistic is there, but what we're going to do about it? Nothing. Uh, Which is definitely saddening um, to, first of all, how do you even have the audacity to write, you're not going to do anything about this? Um, And then just generally knowing that, okay, behind these facts and figures that we read, people are losing their loved ones. People are losing their mothers. These children that are just being born are losing their mothers just like that. Um, and so it's it's so, so sad to hear, but I feel like we should never ever lose, lose sight or lose the fact that these are real humans. No, that's so true. And I think even, you know, you know, uh, like with my expertise is in uh, environmental science. So <laughs> even looking at that, from like a climate change point of view is something that we, you know, both in class, but also as an individual, I I think about because, you know, 
it's all it's almost coming up to a year uh that like cop 26 happened and all these countries were just like yes climate change we mm-hmm. all agree is real you know cop 27 is coming up and people are just like well okay let's think about it from essentially the uk point of view and be mm-hmm. like how have we as the uk ensured that you know these we're saying that this is these are the facts individuals are going to get affected you know it's going to life is going to be tough for everyone and it's just like how are we you know we we know this is happening we know this is something we can stop but are we actually working towards it are we actually stopping it and i think it's kind of like what you said it's Mm. um you know we had this uh really interesting episode on on you know turning climate anxiety into climate action Uh, and one of the things that really came out of that episode was we wanted, uh, you know, the person uh, that we had speaking then, Anchor, he was saying that, you know, it's all about not letting yourself, uh, you know, feel like nothing can be done. You know, whether it's with, uh, you know, this report that we discussed and the facts raised there, whether it's with, you know, other facts, other topics, you know, there's a whole, especially for people from black and um, minority, ethnic minority backgrounds, you know, there's there's a lot that, yeah. that can go on that can make, make life feel a lot stressful. Um, but it's about, you know, not thinking that, you know, this is this is what it's going to stay like, you know, coming up, like we said, about effective solutions, effective ways that we can solve this issue, um, because that's essentially that's essentially what business is at the end of the day. It's, you know, not letting, you know, not letting things stay the same. And, you know, even to you know, I'll end on this point of even, you know, if, if you look at technology, you know, technology, mm-hmm. for example, is something that I'm sure every individual can clearly see how things are changing. And just in the same way that, you know, technology is always being updated to make it faster or to make, you know, screen quality better and things like that is the same way that other fields need to, uh, you know, whether it comes to healthcare and ensuring that, you know, there's a better understanding of how certain health conditions can look in uh, children who aren't necessarily white. You know, even if in the textbooks, it shows that, you know, this is what, um, you know, a certain illness or certain disease could look like in a white child. This is what it would look like in a black child, for example. Um, You know, things like that allow us to essentially ensure, like what you were saying, that, you know, future generations are protected Mm. um, and in a a position where, you know, they they can enjoy life and not go through the things that we had to go through uh, ourselves. Yeah, so right. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, we're not we're not going to go into our next question, uh, which is again, you know, a bit more about you. Um, so you know, you mentioned uh, in your introduction that uh, actually before before I ask the question, I definitely agree with you, um, and I should have probably said it then that you know, introductions are one of those things where you're just like, I don't know how much. I should dive, I should dive into about myself and you're just like I don't want to you know just be like letting especially I think that was one of the things that you know during interviews as well and they're just yeah. like oh, you know, tell, tell me a bit about yourself you're just like oh how much should I go into and you're just right. like, I don't want to just like run <laughs> off I don't want to be like going on forever it's so true. Um, but it's no you so did true. you did a perfect introduction you did a perfect introduction I try I try I that's you know it's so much I feel like for me personally this is slightly off topic but just introducing yourself in written form yeah hands down I can do that but in person I don't know it's just something um about speaking about yourself and saying you are xyz that's just a bit but I feel like people need to stop shying away from you know owning who you are and what you do um so yeah that's just a little side thing no 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 it's definitely definitely very important and I think like you said it's it's always being you know not not afraid you shouldn't be afraid to talk about you know the achievements that you've done or the things that you've done because you know ultimately that's that's you you know that's a part of you that's the things that you you set out to do um and i guess that nicely you know leads on to to our next question which was all about you know things that you've set up 
Uh, so you you mentioned, you know, in your introduction that you started the the Like Her project, and mm-hmm. I guess we, we this is sort of like a two parter. So yeah. you know, first we'd just like to know a bit more about that project, but mm-hmm. also we'd like to know what motivated you to start that project as well. Yeah, sure. This ugh, I just love it so so much. So um, I oh, well, I was born and bred here in the UK, but my parents are from Ghana, and I just love Ghana so much. And I honestly, I have to give it up to my mom for just ingraining that in us um, over the years. Like we would always go back in the summer holidays, um, and. I had a, a period of time where I didn't go back at all, of course, with medical school. So in my final year of medical school, I just finished my exams um, and I thought, OK, this is my chance to do something. I've always had that underlying feeling of I do so much in the UK for young people, especially those who want to get into medicine, so the aspiring medics. But I want to do something for young people back home like that would just make it life will become so much more meaningful and more purposeful if I can impart some knowledge inspire and instill hope in young people back home in Ghana so after my exams I thought okay similar to the outreach that I do here in schools across the UK I want to try something like that back home um so there was this young girl that was following me on Instagram who does quite a bit of charity school stuff And I messaged her to be like, listen, please, I'm coming to Ghana. Give me a school, about 100 girls. Let's go. Let's do something. Just on a whim. Obviously, I didn't even have a proper plan in my head at the time. I just thought, give me a bunch of young girls in one room. Let's do something. Um, So I went to Ghana. And usually after you finish medical school, you have to do like an elective. So you spend a few weeks in a hospital around the world, wherever you want to go um, and just see how they do medicine, how healthcare is set up in that country. So after I was done with those three weeks there, I had a bit of time remaining for my trip in Ghana and it was just to prepare for what I was going to do. And essentially it's called the Like Her Project because it's encouraging young females to dream like her, think like her, work like her, um, and the her in question being any phenomenal woman that they aspire to be like. And sometimes as a young woman back home in Ghana, you may not even have that woman or the person that you think, yeah, wow, I want to be like her. Um, And that's why the volunteers who then deliver the session are perfect starting points um, as as to individuals that you can look up to. So I thought, okay, like her is a concept. What am I going to tell these kids? So we split into three sort of sections whereby I wanted to make sure that their health is definitely a priority. And myself, I'm a doctor. I definitely want to make sure that these girls are looking after themselves um, and maintaining good health. So especially being with menstrual hygiene and just female hygiene in general. And then also this year actually we incorporated consent. Then secondly, on in regards to educating them on skills that are necessarily not seen as important for women back home. For example, communication, public speaking skills. So the second section of the workshop is basically all things communication, 
we do a little public speaking exercises for the young girls and honestly the confidence that they have is so beautiful to watch um and lastly it's about being empowered so knowing that no one is like you knowing that you are the only one that is of course like yourself and has the power within you can be anything you want to be and we end off with a lovely sort of positive affirmation sort of mantra that we all say together um which is very very beautiful so last year we engaged with 100 girls and of course as much as I want to talk I want to give them something so we donated sanitary pads educational materials pens pencils um so many things for the girls um and it was lovely to see and I was actually just in Ghana in about two months ago we went again I said yeah okay this one went really well but if I'm going to come back I need to go bigger and better so I was like yeah 300 girls (laughs) let's go (laughs) uh 300 girls two schools, different areas across Ghana, because I wanted to expand the reach. Um, And we hit our targets. I mean, the second school, we asked, usually we ask for 100 girls. This school thought, yeah, let's just give her all the girls in the whole school. I was like, oh my gosh, three, I think we're still struggling with the number. I think either 300 to 400 girls in one large room. Bear in mind, my target, especially in regards to the, the donation items, is 300 girls. I've already given 100 ways to the other school, meaning I've got about 150, 200 left. And you've given me more girls than I have items for, which stressed me out a bit. But I thought, you know what? The most important part is the knowledge that I'm imparting on these girls. Um, so a few girls did sadly miss out, but we're going to come back um, and do more and more. So... That's basically the Like Her project at the moment. Um, Next year, things are going to, of course, pick up. Exciting things are on the way, uh, which is keeping me very, very busy. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, that's a a really inspiring story. And it is, I think, kind of like what you said is always great to uh you know give back to your community whether that's you know your your local community uh like you said in the uk uh, in london uh or whether that's your community back home and i think that that's something that is so powerful you know mm. like like what you said you know you're you're essentially not only um you know letting people know about what what they can do you know not there's no limit to what they can do which i think is always powerful for, for especially for young people you know the younger that people hear that that you know there is no limit to who you yeah. want to be or what you can do it's yeah. so powerful but but also the fact that you're you're going out and you're, you're you're you know like you said you're giving them products that you know they might not necessarily have or they might right. not necessarily have access to and it's it's yeah, like I said, it's it's really amazing to see that you know this is something that you're you're doing, you know, and to see the amazing work that you guys do. And you know, I wish you all the best uh, with your next one. Thank you, uh, you very, know, very much. I definitely. No, I know you're very welcome. And I'd, honestly, I think that you know projects like this are, are very very impactful. And you know, that's one of the reasons why I I love pick up the mic and the stuff that we do because mm-hmm. it, you know getting to hear about these projects, you know. It's, it's, you know, it's not necessarily something that I would hear of or I might necessarily hear of as easily as if I didn't do right. it. But like I said, it's, it's always inspiring to see that, you know, individuals are out there and, you know, it's one of the, you know, I guess going, going to be on a tangent. It's one of the mm-hmm. things that, I, that you know, as, as pick up the mic that we, we love doing is we love, you know, saying that there are amazing projects out there that you might not necessarily know about. Or you might right. not necessarily you know, know how to get involved with or how to help with. But it's just hearing these stories um, 
Yeah, it's always always very impactful and uh, always you know shows shows the the amazing work that uh, an individual can do. Uh, so yeah, so no, thank you very much for that. And even just um, off of that, I think none of this work is is done just just alone. Like this year, we had volunteers help. Um, you know, in addition to my core team, um, and even in regards to the items that we gave to the student for this particular year, I thought, okay. The first year it was self-funded. This year, if I want to do 300 plus girls, I can't do it on my own. So I did a whole fundraiser um, and we raised about a thousand pounds, which was more than I had hoped. And honestly, whoever's listening, whoever was a donor, whoever supported, even if you didn't donate, just shared anything at all, any input whatsoever. I am so, so grateful um, because without them, we wouldn't have been able to do that. This, honestly, the, the support that individuals can do to, to projects is is always, always important. And, you know, I guess a quick shout out to even to our, our Patreon members, because uh, I know that, you know, without you guys, uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So a uh, huge, huge shout out to you. Uh, and whether like, uh, you know, well, like we said here, that, you know, whether you're sharing, you're liking, you're, you're reposting, uh, you're, you're putting in your story, uh, you know, all the all that work is hugely appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're going to go on to the next question now. Uh, and this question, uh, you know is for our aspiring medics out there yeah and they might be thinking you know this is really great you know all this all this conversation has been it's been inspiring to them this is to show them you know what they can do the, the amazing things that that an individual can do and they might just be thinking what is one key piece of advice mm. that i need so we'd, we'd like to ask you what's one and i know sometimes asking one bit of advice mm. <laughs> it can be tough <laughs> uh, but if possible what would be you know your your best advice your one key advice that you think that aspiring medics need to know this is tough because you're only giving me one piece of advice I can give um okay okay I'm gonna actually just you know it can it doesn't even apply to just aspiring medics I think just generally to perhaps your younger self or just the younger people in general I think my one piece of advice is to keep going and I feel like over the years, especially more recently, I feel like the words keep going, apply more and more and more um, for the sense, for the reason that, well, as an aspiring medic, to get into medical school, it is tough. It is very competitive. And so you need all the support you can get. And it can be quite lonely or isolating knowing that you have to go through having to write not just a personal statement but entrance examinations and there's two of them that you might have to do then you've got to you've got to face the early UCAS deadline then you've got interviews that medical schools want to do all of these sort of hurdles that not necessarily your friends or um, other students may have to go through if they're applying for other degrees and so you have to keep telling yourself especially at a young age, you need to keep going. Um, But just generally, in the world where social media is becoming or is huge, the influence is massive. I think young people are more susceptible to fall into those pressures. And so I feel like the words keep going definitely applies there as well. Everybody is there on their own path. You might be an aspiring medic, but you might not get even into medical school straight away from sixth form. 
so many routes. Individuals might either do a degree, then go into medical school. Somebody might take a gap year, then get in. Somebody might go straight away. Everybody has their own individual path of life. And there's beauty in sort of the diverse nature in which everybody leads their life. And so I think we shouldn't susceptible to those pressures. Um, just know that you are doing amazing. You can do it. Just keep going. Uh, that is so true and I think it's kind of like what you said that you know you know it's funny that you mentioned you know that even for you know whether you're aspiring medic or you're just someone who's you know got a passion and trying to follow it that there's a different journey because uh you know we've had quite a few episodes on you know healthcare and we've had uh you know different types of healthcare professionals on there and like you said they've all had different experiences they've all had different journeys of you know whether it's going to, to medical school or you know going to to a job within the healthcare uh, industry and it's kind of like what you you mentioned that you know there's there's beauty to everyone's story you know not everyone's story is the same um and it's the same like you said with with regular life you know with with everyone else you know mm -hmm. you you there is always that beauty there's always that you know story and i think it's very important to know that or important to say that you know there's there's no one else's story that you can tell better than essentially your own story exactly. uh, which i guess kind of nicely links back to what i said you know i can't do the introductions because <laughs> i can't do the i can't do the passion i can't say you know i can read out i can read out a piece of paper i can do it to the best of my ability and say you know this is really important or this is really cool in the person's backstory mm. but it will never do the person justice because that's their story. You know, that's who they are. And you as an individual, whether you are someone who, you know, you want to start a business or you want to start a project or you want to, you know, get into a career or a field or whatever, you know, it is uh, kind of like what we said here. It's all about, you know, keep on going, keep yeah. trying at it, keep doing it, you know, be prepared to fail, but also don't think that that's a bad thing. Learn lessons and things like that. And I think like, you know, one important thing before we go into the next question is, mm -hmm. it is important, like you mentioned, that social media can sometimes get rid of that step. You know, it's yeah. also, it sometimes seems like the individual, you know, just, you know, wanted a project or wanted to start a business and then, you know, six months or like two years later, they were successful. Yeah. And it's just like, no, actually, you know, this individual was, you know, working late. Uh, every night trying to do mm -hmm. projects or you know they spent you know they got rejected from like 13 applications for funding yeah. and stuff like that um and I think that's what I really I think is is important of you know whether it's you know you know established people in, in their industries or people you know going up in their industries that it's it, it's very important to say that you know oh yeah you know like I failed like many a times or like oh you know things were not as easy as I made it seem um because that is essentially what makes, you know, that's what, that's what inspires someone to be like, yeah. Oh, you know, this person didn't have it easy. And, you know, they, they have a similar background to me. They might, you know, be from, uh, you know, the same area as me. And I know that, you know, they went through this, but actually the fact that they were able to do it means that I can, it's not like some unachievable goal or, you know, Oh, I have to have everything lined up perfectly before I can even, you know, take the first step. It's no, you know, you can take the first step. You can see where things go. You can try things, uh, you know, things sometimes work, sometimes they don't, but it's always like what you said about keeping on going and, you know, keep on, keep on moving and you know you'll just see the the amazing things that you uh you can do and that's that's always you know the most important thing definitely for sure yeah but we've we now come to the last official question uh before we go on to passing the mic uh where we will be you know i'll be put in the hot seat and must be uh, must answer the question uh, to the best of my ability um but 
<laughs> I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm not too nervous, but uh, I'm hoping that I can do, I can answer the question, you know, to to the standard that's already been set uh, for this episode. And I think I think this this question is very very you know it's not only very personal, but I think it's very key to to our listeners because you know as I mentioned, you know we've we've heard about the amazing things. Um, we've heard amazing things this episode. Uh, I think is the best way to describe it. And essentially, this question is. What's one key lesson that you've learned in life? Uh, yeah, you've learned in your life. Uh, you know, mm. like it could be the idea of keep on going and yeah, that's perfectly fine. It could be something mm. completely different. One key lesson that you've learned in life. Hmm. Again, the issue with the one. <laughs> um, okay, I think I would say, especially over the years, sort of growing in you know some of the uh, things that I do I think the key lesson that I've learned is when you have a particular passion for something or a want or when you sort of come to acknowledge realize or understand your God-given purpose on earth um and for me in my case that is definitely helping people but especially young people um and instilling hope um and making sure that they know that they can do it as well so I feel like the lesson that I've learned is once you know that and you are acting on and doing the work necessary in order to meet their needs all the extra nice things will come when they come the key thing here is when they do come don't let that sort of blind you and by the extra nice things I mean it could probably be awards recognition xyz all of that is lovely it can add to your credibility but at the end of the day at the core what keeps you what makes you get out of bed in the morning what makes you sort of well in my case log into zoom meetings five times a day every day of the week (laughs) um which can be quite tough (laughs) um is because of the fact because of the fact that at the end of the day it's these young people that are relying on this that need this in order to move forwards in order to sort of as I said know that they can also do it um so having that in mind at all times whether you are in your beginning stages of building something in the middle stages when you find yourself at the top that should always be number one everything else is nice but that's your number one that's so true and i think that's a, that is definitely a very important lesson to learn in life mm-hmm. um because like you said it's it's you know whether whether you you win awards or you know you you, you know your business booms you make a huge mm-hmm. profit whatever um at the end of the day you know you have to you there will be times when things are tough and yeah. you know i think i think one thing that we i don't even remember what episode we mentioned it in but we mentioned it before that you know one thing when it comes to you know whether it's starting business or you know going pursuing a passion that it's all about you know being able to to turn back and just you know whether it's the good time or the bad time and look and be like am i you know like you said like waking up every morning and you're just like am i still really enjoying this and i think i heard it it might have been on linkedin it might have been linkedin might have been on instagram but i think i heard someone say that as well that that's i mean i'm not saying again you know like we said every individual is different so i'm not saying every individual should take Mm. this person's advice but they were saying that for them they just look up and they say okay you know i uh they would do that for an industry they worked in so they said they worked in one particular industry and one day they were just like you know what 
I really don't like working in this place mm. anymore. And they were just like, I don't like this industry anymore. I'm really not enjoying it. And they just said, I'm going to leave. And they left. Uh, and they were just like, you know, I'm going to learn this new skill and start working yeah. in this industry. And they did. And they said, you know, the same thing applied. Of, I'm not saying, you know, you have to always change your job, or you have to always change your passion. But it's kind of like what the person was saying is, you know, you don't want to just be somewhere because it's comfortable or because you know it or because you feel like actually I don't have an alternative you know you, you should be there because you want to be there because you know there'll be times you know especially and I think for young people especially when it comes to you know to jobs after you graduate for example that you know that's a key thing to to highlight that you know there will be days when you might be doing a job and you know you might have to stay late you it might just be it might be a really tough day where you know you have to deal with a difficult customer or you have to you know work you know do a bit of work that you really don't like yeah and you just have to think back on you know this this sucks but you know this is why I like the job you know like you said you know if your passion is helping people you know this is why I'm doing it because I'm going to mm. help someone you know someone's going to benefit from what I'm doing um and I've said and I think you know one key thing to say before we, we end the session is I think it's so true because even when it comes to, you know, like you were saying about the awards and stuff, um, you know, there is that tendency to be like, oh, you know, I don't know, for example, like you, you, whether you might be producing content on YouTube or on Instagram yeah. and you're just like, wow, you know, I didn't get a lot of views or, you know, not a lot of people liked my stuff compared to this other person who, who I follow and, you yeah. know, they're doing the similar stuff and it's, it's not the same, you know, people are enjoying liking their stuff. They're not liking mine. Um, and I've always said that, you know, the, the, the most important thing is it's always about that one person. You know, I, I just say, just, just start like with one, you know, just be yeah. like, if one person likes this, if one person comments on this, if one person listens or watches this, you know, then that's it. You know, if one person turns around to you and says, Hey, I know you've been doing this thing for like for, for a while. And I just want to tell you that I have benefited from, you know, what you've been listening, what you've been creating, what you've been producing. Like you don't know how much of an impact this has had on my life. Um, then that's all you need. You don't need, you know, the, the awards. You don't need necessarily the money. It's, it's that one person turning around being like, Hey, you know, I really love that you do this because this has helped me in so many ways. And that's one of the things that, you know, that to me, uh, you know, is, is always, is always something that I, I appreciate. And it's always something that, you know, when you, like you said, whether it's you, you get the awards or you don't, or things are successful or things fail, it's always remembering that, Hey, look, you know, there's that one person out there that's, you know, depending on you to do this. And, you know, they are happy with you just trying your best and just, you know, giving it your all. They don't expect you to, you know, come out with, you know, loads of money or loads of awards or loads yeah. of, you know, su success. They just want you to keep doing what you're doing because they essentially look look to you for for support or for you know for help um so i think that that's always a key thing to remember and it's always something that you know i personally you know try to follow myself of just remembering mm -hmm. that you know there's always one person out there that's looking for this content that right. i produce and, and they just need to hear it 100%. thank you um but yeah we've now we've now come on to uh passing the mic as i mentioned before uh where i will virtually be passing the mic over to Khadija. <laughs> And uh, yeah, she's prepared a question for me to answer. So I'm going to hand over to her to let me know what the question is. Sure. So um, I thought this question would be good to ask you because a lot of the time when it comes to representation in healthcare, especially amongst doctors, we always speak from the perspective of individuals within healthcare or who plan to be in healthcare. So I wanted to know from your perspective as somebody who is not in the field, how important is representation to you, especially, for example, when it comes to 
if you are seeking help from a healthcare professional or from your doctor and then your doctor is black um talk to me about how how you feel that that is important and how that makes you feel um so i guess yeah representation uh, obviously is very important uh, and i think kind of where, when i got this question i was just like hmm now what's the best way to address it um and i think it's kind of going on the idea of like what we mentioned before of you know when whether it comes to you know uh you know some not necessarily fear, but, you know, concerns that as a black person I might have when it comes to healthcare or, you know, mm. around certain uh, health topics, uh, whether that's because of my, you know, the, my background or culture, you know, regarding right. certain health topics or whether that's, for example, you know, just healthcare in general, like we mentioned before about, you know, I might not be a woman, but the black maternal health statistics mm-hmm. did kind of shock me and was kind of concerning. Um, but it's, you know, stuff like that. And it's always just thinking about that, you know, having feeling represented is important because then I feel like there's a shared experience when it comes to that. Um, there was this, uh, and I'll, I'll try and see if I can find it. I think it should still be on YouTube. There was this documentary we, uh, I watched, um, because this was for another speaker. They, um, uh, Vanessa, she did, we, her episode was all on music and mental health. And mm-hmm. she did a documentary as a part of a university on essentially mental health in general, but how students feel about, you know, mm-hmm. how they're represented when it comes to mental health. And they were talking about the idea of, you know, in certain communities, especially among black communities, you know, mental health isn't something that's really discussed. It's not something that's really addressed. And it's something that, you know, isn't given as much attention as it should have. And she was saying um, that, for example, uh, and, you know, one of the people on there raised this really interesting point that she was saying as, uh, you know, she went to her university's mental health service support services um and she was seen uh by a white person and she just felt like a lot of the things she was trying to explain you know were heavily linked to her cultural experience and her cultural background but it you know the person just wasn't necessarily getting that experience and wasn't getting you know you know some of the things she was explaining they didn't really understand you know why she didn't do this at the time or you know why she didn't you know check out this resource or do this thing or you know why she didn't tell certain people and i think you know having someone from you know not even has to be you know from the same country as you but just from your background um there's that shared experience that helps people to understand that oh you know you didn't do this thing or you did do this thing because of this Mm. um and it just allows you to feel that you know you don't have to go in circles you know necessarily explaining things because you know the person will be like okay you know i've i've been where you are you know i i I, you know i've had this discussion with you know family or friends um you know i've you know had a friend whose parents told them this or that and it's kind of just having that you know in that case that was mental health but you know in health in general um you know having that experience allows people to understand you know oh you know this is you know i get where you're coming from i get the concerns that you might have mm-hmm. um you know even like you know as when it comes to you know certain um you know certain medicine you know for example even not only like culturally but you know from a a religious point that mm-hmm. can also be something that's you know some people uh, might not necessarily feel comfortable using certain medication for certain reasons um and it's also like, again, having that shared experience as well can help you, you know, help people to understand that, oh, you know, I get that you're concerned about this, you know, you know, don't feel like I'm not saying, you know, you've got to take this medicine or you've got to do this. I understand that you're concerned and I'm happy to answer any questions you might have um, because of that. Even like, for, uh, you know, linking it back to the, you know, our uh, mic check, you know, as a if having a, you know, black female do- uh, doctor talking to a black female about their maternal health might be something that, you know, the, uh, they might be able to share an experience of, oh, you know, I, I had a child or my 
friend or family had a uh, you know had a child and they were, we you know we were concerned about this and this and this so you should be aware that you know if this happens this is you know who to contact or this is a good resource to use because they helped support me through my pregnancy um and yeah it just allows that shared experience to happen which yeah. might not necessarily happen with someone who's not from the same cultural background mm -hmm. as you um so yeah so that's why i think representation especially you know not just in healthcare but you know in in many fields is very mm -hmm. important Definitely. And even just you mentioning sort of having those shared experiences, that's how I know for sure if we are able to have diverse boards in our healthcare system, if you have somebody with those shared experiences at the top influencing the decisions that are being made, we wouldn't see any of these or as much of um, these health inequalities that exist because we know that somebody at the top that is representing us in a way and knows exactly what's going on and how it affects people of this particular group. Um, so definitely the, the case or agenda for representation and diversity is, is always there. Uh, thank you very much. And I think it's kind of like what you mentioned that, you know, you, you can't have change if there isn't that level of representation at at a higher level you know it's great you can have as many people you know from the same cultural background and you know have a diverse uh you know background of people you know at a lower level but when it comes to higher levels if they're if that isn't there then it doesn't mean anything because yeah. you know you, you know that where change can happen and where change can happen a lot easier than you know from from a lower level mm. um essentially makes it a lot harder because you know you have to then try and get up the ladder or you have to try and explain things up the ladder and then you know it's sort of like you know trying to he said that she said this and this and this <laughs> and so then true. it just becomes over complicated yeah. um so like you said i think that's also important that having individuals in these positions allows you know conversations to happen where you know an individual might and you know that's not me saying that you know if you don't know these things you know you're, you're somehow bad or you're, you're doing something wrong no i'm not expecting you to know everything about every culture in the world or every you know set of people in the world no obviously not but you know having these conversations allows people to be like oh you know for example uh you know someone might say oh i can't you know do this because of this cultural reason you know in our in my yeah. culture we don't do this and they'll be like oh wow you know i had no idea about that i didn't know that um and it allows them to be like okay you know next time you know i won't ask this person to do this or you know i'll i'll you know check with this person first before asking them in a group setting because i know that you know for a cultural reason they they can't do this or they can't do that um and i think that's so so important and it's it's definitely key to remember um so yeah thank you thank you very much for that question so we're we're now going to go on to uh everyone's uh, favorite section of mc of the month uh, and essentially you know as we always say our MCs of the month are organizations that we talk about that are relevant to the to the episode and what we're talking about in the episode uh now before we go into the actual MC of the month, uh, I found two organizations, but uh, I wanted to give a shout out to this other one. So they'll be on our MC of the month uh, or MC special mentions tab. Um, and essentially they are doctors of the world. Uh, so they're essentially a organization that uh, essentially works at empowering excluded people uh, and, you know, allowing them to have access to healthcare. So they do, uh, they've got essentially 350 programs in eight, uh, 80 countries, sorry. And it's run by more than 3,000 volunteers uh, and they essentially help to provide medical care, strengthen health systems and address any underlying barriers in healthcare. Uh, and they also work at, you know, sharing skills and training, uh, 
communities uh, so that communities can stay strong uh, in the long term. And I think a key thing that they, you know, mentioned on their on their website uh, is that they also strive to give a voice to those most marginalized, uh, you know, reporting on violence and injustice and unmet health needs wherever they find them. Uh, so, yeah, so there'll, there'll be a link to them uh, both on the season five uh MC of the month page, but also uh, on our special mentions. Um, but the the MC of the month that I I like to spend uh, you know this section talking about is uh, an organisation called Street Doctors. Uh, and Street Doctors are a national charity uh, that put young people at the centre of uh, emergency first aid uh, provision, and they empower them to become a solution to violence. So essentially, what they do is they empower uh, individuals who might be affected by uh, violence or violence in their community with the skills uh, to essentially uh save lives uh, and increasing their understanding if, you know when it comes to uh medical uh or the psychological consequences of violence so what they do is they uh they have young healthcare volunteers who uh, include nurses uh paramedics and doctors who work in partnership with uh criminal justice services schools uh pupil referral units uh young youth groups uh, and community groups as well as well as sports groups uh, to ensure that individuals are trained whether this be on you know first aid uh, first aid um you know the different areas within first aid uh, so it's very similar to St John's ambulance if you're aware of that uh, and they essentially do amazing work with helping communities to ensure that they're safe ensuring individuals know what to do in different situations uh, and ensure that you know that their staff uh essentially you know take on uh, take on the 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 needs of the individual communities uh so we'll include a link to their website because uh they've got really informative um you know dis- you know testimonies uh from students who have who've taken part in that they've got a video from some of their actual uh you know staff members who who are volunteers who essentially discuss you know why they they volunteer and the programs that they do uh and feel free uh if you are you are interested uh they do have on their website you know where their programs run, uh, the different programs that they run themselves. Uh, they also allow you to book their programs as well. So if you are in charge of, you know, a youth group or you're in charge of an organization that works with youth uh, and you were thinking of possibly getting them involved, uh, then please do check out their website uh, because you can book them to come to your community. So before we, we go on to the goodbye section, uh, we in, in typical fashion, we've added a new segment for our new season. And essentially, this is our takeaway uh, take, uh, take message. Uh, you know, we're, we're not promising any takeaway food, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but think of this as your, your free delivery service of us, uh, of us uh, you know, making sure that you guys know the main takeaway message that our guest speakers want you to know. So again, I'm going to ask uh, our guest speaker to just let us know what, what, you know, we've discussed a lot of amazing things today and, uh, you know, I'm very happy for the, so that we had the opportunity to have this conversation. But what would you say is the takeaway message that our listeners should go home with? What's that one key thing? And I, I get, I, you know, again, that one, one thing, I know, I know this might be a bit tough. No, but, um, I'm, I'm trying to think if I even have another thing to, to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> key takeaway, um, I think it will definitely have to go back to keep going. The one key thing to take away is keep going, but also this might not be another one actually no it's another one thing because keep going I've already mentioned so yes keep going but also we see a lot of sort of um, individuals or just the whole essence of working hard doing XYZ making sure you accomplish doing all these amazing things whatever 
Um, but a lot of the time we don't see the what happens behind closed doors. We don't see when people are not okay. So my one key takeaway, in addition to the other pieces of advice that I've given, is that it's okay not to be okay. You will have those days where you will not necessarily do the work or go extra hard or go the extra mile. You will wake up and just feel like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. Um, I've had those days. Some people have had those days. You've probably had those days. It is completely normal. Um, and I just want that to be normalized for individuals, especially young people. When you are still in education and when uni gets tough, you've got exams coming, um, all these extra pressures, it's okay to wake up and not be okay. But I think the main thing as well after that is, yes, take this day to rest, but the next day, you've got to make sure you come back and you go for it. Make sure you sort of keep the reason why you're doing whatever you're doing at the forefront of your mind and make sure that you build on what you're doing day by day. That extra 1% improvement is the difference over a long piece of, over a long um, sort of stretch of time. So any little thing that you do will make a difference, but just know that it's okay to not be okay. 100%. And I think like you said, it's, you know, that that trap of social media makes it seem like you know you have to especially you know you have to be especially you know if it's a recent graduate or you know even as a young person in general you know you have to also always be you know working you always have to be you know doing something you always have to be you know active yeah. and making moves and doing all of this and it's just like no like you said there are some days when you know you'll wake up and you'll be like wow this is amazing like i want to accomplish you know like everything on my to-do list and there will be some mm. days where you're just like you know what I'm actually good. I just want to spend the whole day just relaxing uh, and enjoying myself. Um, Exactly, exactly. And that's perfectly fine too. Um, And I think it's so true that, you know, we, we, we as a, I guess, a society just need to accept that. And, you know, I think, you know, I guess we could even do a whole episode on it. You know, like, I do think it's partly like a generational thing of before, you know, this whole idea of, you know, you got to, to be successful, you always have to work hard, you know, you always push yourself. And yes, persevering and you're working hard is true. But it's also, you know, so key to have the skill of balancing that. So knowing that, you know, if you aren't, you know, if you, if, you know, some days you might try something and you'll, you know, instead of spending like, you know, four hours trying to finish a bit of, you know, especially like you said, if you're a uni student, you know, instead of spending four hours trying to finish work or, you know, four hours trying to research this one thing, you know, if you you feel like, actually, you know what, I'm doing all of this work and the knowledge isn't going in, you can just be like, you know, I'm just going to take a break for the rest of the day. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to pause there and I'm just going to gonna relax so yeah that's that's perfectly fine it's been really good to not only have this discussion as a way to kick off season five um but to learn more about you khadija and just the the amazing work that you do um so i guess like i like i always say to our guest speakers you know i'd I'd be wrong if i didn't say that our listeners are probably thinking what is the best way for me to get in contact with her so i essentially i want to hand over to you and just say what is the best way that our our audience uh whether they you know want to know more about you know medicine more about some of the projects that you do uh maybe more about you in general maybe they want Mm -hmm. you to even speak at some of their events um Mm -hmm. what would be the best way for them to get in contact with you definitely so the best way um especially as of a few weeks ago is through my website um www.kadijaurusu.com um where you will find everything to be honest you'll find all the work that i'm doing you'll find um sort of ways to reach out to melanin medics or if you are an aspiring medic and you need our help 
definitely check us out Millennium Medics on all platforms if you want to know more about the Like Her projects you can also find out a bit more about that and actually watch a few videos of our activities on my website as well and if you want to get in contact with me for any speaking um, requests then definitely use the contact form on my website but for social media wise it is at Khadija Rusu on Instagram it's my name on LinkedIn and also the same on Twitter Thank you very much for that. Uh, and thank you, uh, our wonderful audience, for coming in for another episode of Pick Up the Mic. Uh, if you like this episode, like, comment, subscribe is always appreciated. Uh, if you are not uh, a Patreon member uh, and you'd like to know more about what that is, just make sure you click the link below and you can check out our Patreon page where we give exclusive things to our Patreon members. Uh, if you, yeah, if you are interested in knowing about when the next episode's coming, keep an eye out on our YouTube page, especially because we'll be premiering our videos for the next season uh, so you'll be able to see when the videos will be coming out so you can have a bit of a launch party uh, when it comes and feel free to comment along to the videos uh, as they come out because there'll be a nice little comment section before if you've never never done that before uh, and yeah we look forward to seeing you uh, in the next episode when we pick up the mic so that's a bye from us here hope you have, all have a wonderful day uh, look after yourselves uh, treat yourselves and we'll see you all soon so thanks everyone and bye from us here bye uh,